Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller. I will be your host today. Um, we're going into season two with a blast, you guys. And we already had Drew Drew Hicks on the show, and um, I appreciate you guys trusting in the fact that I'm I'm able to pick good speakers for this show, uh, pertinent ones. Today, I have I have I, have, uh, I always mess it up, Dina. Um, it's because of the way your name is spelled. My dyslexia wants to call you Deanna, um, but it's Dina. It is Dina, uh, and she is in uh, my home group. Uh, is where I've met her. So I've never. I don't think I've met you. Maybe face to face, but mostly on Zoom. Um, but um, I had I had picked I had I had picked Dina because I really liked the way her story went. It was a little different. And I thought it was really pertinent for the show. So thank you, Dina, for taking your time this morning uh, and coming on and, and sharing your story with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So this is the part of the show where Dion stops running his mouth <laughs> and kind of hands over the reins uh, to the speaker. I'm going to go ahead and do that now. So, Dina, the floor is yours. Okay, well, hello, everybody, and raw recovery. I love that, you know, being Thank able to, I love that title, and trudging together, that is just awesome. So I had to tell you that first and foremost. Um, name's Dina, again, as he just said, and I am 53 uh, years old, and I got sober in 2015. Okay. You know, uh, my story begins, you know, as far as drinking and drugging at 12. Okay. So by 14, I was, uh, I was using every day oh, and I was, okay. yeah, I was drinking and using like little baby speed, pink hearts and white crosses and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. And going to junior high school, yeah. high as hell. Oh. And, you know, I come from a lot of trauma. And it started early in my life, okay. um, you know, so being a, a, a young child, you know, seven to nine, shit, not y- y'all can imagine where it's going. I'm not going there today, but you know okay. where I'm going. I do. And yeah. So then being able to later at the age of 15, because I had now started to put myself as the book calls it sword places. Okay. And uh, because of what had happened to me, I ended up being raped at 15 by three okay. men. Okay. And that really changed my addiction into self-annihilation for yeah. a few years. Oh, yeah. Because I really, I did not get counseling. I did not tell anybody. I did, I, you know, it was, it was this just was the not. 80s, and it was a different was time. 80s. It was the 80s, mid-80s, you know? So you just didn't say, because they turned it around on me. Yeah. 
I was too drunk. I said they could do this, blah, 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 blah. And I your wasn't going was to. Your skirt was too high. You had made, yep. you know, you tempted the boys. Um, yep. Oh, you had been drinking. It was your fault. That's what the right. 80s was all about, especially in in schools, especially in schools. Especially. So being able to then, uh, I, I ended up leaving school at 16. I, okay. I quit school. I, I have. Oh, I went. Yeah, I went to school through ninth grade, and that's it. I left, mm -hmm. started working, and left home because my mother and I were just at each other's physical odds. Okay. So I had to get out of the house too. Okay. Did you have any brothers and sisters? I have two younger sisters. One okay. seventeen years younger, and one seven years younger. Okay, that'll kind of give us an idea of your family life a little bit more. So yeah, so I have two younger sisters. Okay, so you're the oldest. I am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so then, being able to, uh, I started working, started working, and actually landed a, a good job at a real estate company. Okay. Uh, doing receptionist kind of work. So I, I had to like, I stopped all the speed. And I was just drinking on weekends and like happy hour. Okay. I could handle it kind of situations. Sure. I was only 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And so then I went to work for a minute and you guys might've heard Bill Daniels who started cable television here in Colorado. Yeah, I haven't heard that name in so long. So wow. it was no, my dad, my dad, knew Bill Daniels. Yeah, um, when they put up when they put up a uh, spot out in Littleton over there off Mineral on Broadway. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. just a weird. No worries. <laughs> yeah, so Bill is the one who gave me my corporate career. Okay. He mentored me. He exposed me to CEOs and vice presidents. And Dina, you just do what they say and it'll be fine. And that's what I did. I, I, okay. I listened. I took their cars to the car wash. I took them I, at Jaguars. Can you take my Jag to the car wash? Sure. <laughs> you know, and so my drinking at that point and drugging at that point really was at the stage where I thought I was managing, you know, okay. and I was, I had a son. Yeah, I have it a sounded like son. you were. Yeah. So I got married and I had been with, uh, the with Cam, my ex-husband for four years before we got married. Okay. And we were drinking buddies. Yeah. Plain and simple. We were drinking buddies. We had fun. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> and so and it again was the 80s so again my story yeah. is not this booze it is lots of cocaine yeah. and because it was the season and then I didn't like that so I just was like give me a gallon of Jose Cuervo and a sack of weed and I'm fine <laughs> yeah I don't want the other stuff it wastes the time just give me the booze yep. I was already and high strung I didn't yeah. need it. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Give me the depressants, please. That's where it's like. Slow me down. I didn't need to be speeded up. Yeah, I hear you on that. <laughs> yeah. So then I um, started. I, I got. I, I was having a lot of challenges with my health, so okay. they did the first operation on me in 1989. Okay. 
and I hemorrhaged from that surgery and had to have four pints of blood. It was wow. just, you know what I'm saying? It was scary. Yeah. Yeah. Then I had a few more, like I had endometriosis. And okay. so trying to have a baby was really hard. So I ended up getting pregnant, having okay. a son. And then they had to do a hysterectomy when I was 24. Okay. So mental, so during that time, that's when the opiates come into play. That's why uh, I tell you about this because opiates yeah. come into play okay. starting with Vicodin. Okay. Okay. So yeah. now I've learned how to mix those. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> now I get divorced <laughs> about five years later. Fast okay. forward. He, it was just, I'll spare the details of the divorce, but not fun. We'll tell you. Yeah. Usually not. Um, I, I, I haven't heard too many people say, that was the best divorce I ever had. You know? Exactly. <laughs> not something people say. So I got divorced you know, on my birthday. My ex-wife felt so bad. I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, so then after that is when I started um, weekend drinking. And then I would just take the Vicodins, half a Vicodin, one in the morning, one at night. I'd be fine. I'd have a beer after work, maybe two to three. And then on the weekends, I would partay. Yep. And it was, now we're in the 90s. We're in mid-94. And um, I am doing great in my corporate career. I have skyrocketed. I was a director at ICG. I work for the wow. CEO of United Artists. Okay. I, I, I had an amazing telecom career mm -hmm. uh, for 35 years. Yeah. That's a long time to be yeah. in telecom. Yeah. And I started with Bill. Bill yeah. Daniels started me. And what a, it, what a great time to get in on it, though. That was the communication boom. It was um, the good and, old days. And it was, and it was huge. A lot of money mm. made. Yeah, it was huge. And that, that was before that was before the they tore up the tore up AT and T and the whole monopoly yep. thing, man. So that was the yeah. hayride. Oh. It was the hayride of telecom. I remember because so my dad worked for Mountain Bell. <laughs> So. Um, the last 10 years of my career, I worked for Quest. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, uh, I had had, I've had seven spinal cord surgeries. Wow. During the hysterectomy, they cut a nerve bundle that can, that controls my legs and my bladder and all the stuff. So they laid wires up through my spinal cord and put an electric bike uh, transmitter in my rear. Okay. And it sends an electric current, electrical current up through my spinal cord. Wow. Well, that started my Oxycontin use. Okay. When they, and that was 1998, right at the height of when, Sackler yeah. family Amundo marketing yep. Amundo. It, I was that was me. Yep. And I was mixing it with booze. Mm -hmm. Then I'm in mental health, so now I'm mixing it with benzos too. <laughs> so now my morning routine yeah. is you know a knock of a twenty milligram oxy, a twenty milligram Xanax, and a shot of vodka to get my coffee on and leave the house. 
Yeah, just so you can get out of the house. Just so I can get out of the house, not sick. Yeah. And then work through the day, mm -hmm. come home. And so um, at about in 2008 now, okay? Okay. Now, this part is a little hard and challenging for me, but this is raw recovery, so you're going to get it, okay? Okay. December 2nd, 2008, I was diagnosed with full-blown advanced AIDS. Okay. I had been sick and had gotten bronchitis that had turned into pneumonia. Okay. And all the medicine they were trying, I was getting worse. Yeah. So my general practitioner, new lady to the practice, tests me for HIV unknowing to me. She just told me she was going to take some blood and get back with me. Okay. So the next day she calls and says, you need to get here right now. Okay. I'm driving there thinking I have cancer. Yeah. Okay. HIV is not on my radar. Sure. I not. have had 20 some surgeries. They've had to have tested me for everything under the sun, right? Yeah, so you were not expecting that. So I walk in and she's like, Dina, I don't know how else to tell you other than this. You're HIV positive. And in fact, I think you're much sicker than that. And we need to get you into an, an infectious disease doctor immediately. So on November 11th, I saw my first infectious disease doctor, took blood. Okay. I came back on December 2nd, 2008. And that's where he informed me that I had advanced AIDS. Wow. AIDS is measured, is measured by a T-cell scale in your body. Yeah. How many CD4 T-cells, okay? Yeah. A normal person has about 2,000. Okay. I had 12. Oh. I had wow. a viral load, a normal person viral load every day kind of has a zero to 20 running through your body. Yeah, you shouldn't have I been had alive. A nine, yeah, I had a 9.1 million viral load of HIV running through my system. I Holy was dying. Fuck. Wow. They told me to go home and plan my funeral that day. Yeah. They're, they did. We didn't have what we had back then. So, I, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't be. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate it. You're getting me misty-eyed, too. I'm, I'm with you, honey. I'm here. I've got your back. It's just hard sometimes because of the judgment and stigma that come behind this statement that I just made still. Yeah. And it's just hard. But it's real, and what I chose to do with it at first was kill myself. Yeah. I I jumped into a gallon of vodka and all the benzos and all the oxy. I was, you know, rubbing the film off the oxy and then melting yeah. it in fucking vodka and drinking it. Yeah. 80s, four times a day. Holy shit. What she was saying, guys, is 80 milligrams of oxy a day. That is a lot. Most people should take like 20. 20. At the, at the max. Yeah. 
but they had me on 80s at that point yeah because of the whole sackler yeah because of what they did they doubled yeah. it breakthrough pain all the crap yeah the breakthrough stupid. pain shit yep <laughs> yeah i'm sorry you went through that you know i face with that i'd probably have a case of the fuckets too man that's probably exact well if i'm gonna because being a good alcoholic that i am i'm gonna go straight for whatever is you know worse you know oh you think it's bad now look what watch what i can do let me show you how destructive and horrible and I at this point my get. son my son was only 16. okay and this rocked or obviously having to sit down with my 16 year old and walk through my funeral with him. It, and then having my neighbors come and check on me every day yeah. so that they would find my dead body and my son wouldn't. Yeah. She, my neighbor, Jessica, I'll never forget her because she's still in my life today. That's awesome. 15, 14 years later. But awesome. she came to my house every single day for a year and a half to make sure she found me. Wow. That's a servant's heart, man. That is man, a servant's I'll heart. Tell you. So, but during that time, I am just self-destructing into the oh my god you went so the only path point, you knew though you went the only I path only you knew instruction i didn't That's know how right. to anything that they yeah, were you hadn't given you weren't given any skills to deal with any of this yet no and i do come from parents you know both are alcoholic addicts and okay. you know my sister is addicted to meth and a career convict my you know so it, it runs in the family it yeah it, as most of us do it's not like i'm the only alcoholic addict ever for my family to see <laughs> that recovery this is yeah. all of us most of That's us right. anyway. yeah so being able to then i went to see a doctor and in november of 2009 i saw him november 1st because okay. it was my grandma's birthday all right. Okay, so I've now had an AIDS for a year, and I have okay. tried to kill myself through what? Oh, oh my God, it's not working. I keep waking up. I'm pissed. Yeah. So I go to this doctor and I tell him what's going on. He sees my numbers and what's happening and where I'm at, and he's like, "You know what, Dina? If you want to fucking die, I will help you die. I will give you the morphine. I will take you off your medicine. I will help you die." Otherwise, I think I might have another solution that you might want to try before you give up. Yeah. I Thank needed that. Yeah. I needed that. He changed my life. Get, you needed to hear that. Yeah. That's hard. So I started the hardcore drugs. And at first, those Norveers and hard drugs in the beginning, my hair fell out. I mean, I was 87 pounds. I had purple sores everywhere. You see that picture of AIDS? That was me. Okay. Okay. So on the floor doing that, my son comes to me and says, I can't watch you die and kill yourself anymore. I'm leaving. And he well, left. Yeah. He was 18. 
Okay. He turned 18 and he said, I am not going to watch you die anymore. I'm not going to watch you try to kill yourself anymore. I am leaving. Yeah. He did not speak to me for almost three years. Okay. In that time, I started getting a little better. Okay. I was still drinking. I was still drugging, but I was... I had, but the other medicine was working for you. It was starting to work. I got up okay. to 30 T cells and then I went, I, cause I had at that point was working for quest. They had put me on leave. I went back part-time work from home. Then I filled an HIV prescription and they were self-insured and it told them I had HIV. Oh, so they put me in that's when CenturyLink came in and they put me in a bundle saying oh we've reduced your position based on the merger we gotta let you go yep and I was gone 10 years there goodbye yeah. get out so I'm unemployed I have full blown AIDS my son has left me I really feel like I have nothing to freaking live for. Yeah. So of course I go and I try to kill myself. I try to drive off a mountain up in the mountains. Okay. And an angel cop stops me, gives me a DUI and drives me to the jail. Okay. So politely. Yeah. <laughs> so my first AA meeting. So politely. Yeah. yeah sorry, that was, uh, that was funny. Yeah. So then I went to my very first AA meeting, November 9th, 2009. Okay. Okay. So I went and I said, that's cool. I'm probably one of those. I'm going back to drinking and drugging. Okay. <laughs> so then at this point, you know, we tried just to back up a little bit. They tried to figure out how I got it. And they believe because I had transfusions in the 80s and the 90s that I probably got it that way. However, I also want to be radically real that, you know, as an alcoholic, you know, and as the things happened to me, you know, I wasn't always the smartest with safe sex. Yep. And so I don't know. And in the end, the why became irrelevant. And I started advocating. I started telling people my story. I wow. started going and handing out condoms at bars. I started going and um, giving presentations to recovery groups. Nice. Um, so I got real involved. However, about a couple years into that, I realized I was still I was still drinking, drugging. Nothing had changed, and. Yeah. I went to a, a, a re this retreat house up in Sacred Heart, huh. and uh, it was a Step 11 meeting, and I met a Jesuit priest who was a drunk and suffered from depression and spoke uh, my language, man. Yeah, yeah. He was so real and so raw and so honest, and he said everything I was feeling, and it changed my life. And he turns out had been doing funerals for the AIDS community for seven years in the eighties. Wow. So he knew about AIDS and HIV. He, mm -hmm. he is the one who convinced me to take my medicine every day. 
Okay. Because at that point, I take it when I freaking feel like it because I was a drunk and a very good drug addict. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I then decided um, in 2015 that I was going to take my own life. And I... So it was my awesome combination, lots of Xanax, lots of Oxy, lots of booze. Mm -hmm. And I took it all and I went to sleep. And I woke up in a pile of vomit on my floor. Mm -hmm. And looked up in the mirror and said, uh, that's when the, uh, no human power could have relieved my alcoholism. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I'm alive. How the fuck? How the fuck am I alive, God? What the fuck's your problem, dude? I, I have had that this point, At this point, I've had 28 surgeries. I've got HIV. <laughs> I have no hope in life. I... And God got me in my car to my mother's. I knocked on her window. She came outside. I fell to my knees in her driveway and said, I need help. I can't do yeah. this. Yeah. So this is where it gets a little, my journey is a little different. And it's okay. awesome. Yeah. So at that point, I was not attending, you know, any kind of meetings or nothing. Because okay. obviously I was trying to heal myself. Yeah. So once I got, she drove me to my house. And at that point, I'm, DT, I'm, I'm shaking. I'm nauseous. I'm mm -hmm. sick. I'm, I'm not good from all the drugs. Yeah. So, and again, this is my story. It's not necessarily the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but... I smoked a lot of weed. Okay. And then I didn't, I wasn't as nauseous and sick. Sure. So then I went to the crisis center. Okay. Okay. Because I still felt that I did not have a reason to live. I was still unsafe. My mental health, and this is where I think my, you know, the mental health situation because of everything that had happened because of the trauma because of the aids because of mm -hmm. all of it mm -hmm. i had no hope yeah and so i for the first time in that counseling session at the crisis center told them the real story i was half-assing my recovery i yeah. was lying to everybody i was bullshit i came to my own Jesus with the Jesus Dina. <laughs> and so I stayed there in detox safely. Okay. Mm -hmm. With a nurse, with an IV, and stayed there for about 12 hours. Okay. Okay. So then I leave there. They hook me up before I leave there with a therapist at Mental Health Center of Denver. Mm hmm. So I go home, appointments like two days later. So I go to the mental health. They do the intake. Holy crap. If you've ever done a mental health intake, holy shit. Hours of the same freaking questions over and oh over and over. Oh, God, can you feel my pain? Yep. I've done so many of those. I have them memorized. 
But the first, it was the first time I was honest, Dion. Yeah. And that's what matters. First, that's what we're getting to. First time. That's where I'm telling you the rigorous honesty is setting in. I am mm -hmm. going, oh my God. God is now running the show. I am just going, okay, where do you want me to go next? <laughs> so I meet this lady on December 4th of okay. 2015. And turns out 80% of her clientele has HIV. Not a coincidence. Not a coincidence. Nope. And I'll tell you, fast forward, she's still my therapist today. Awesome. We, are, we have done two and a half years of EMDR trauma therapy. Which I was love EMDR. Ago. I am in love oh with EMDR. God. So I did that for two and a half years. Good for you. And so I stopped the oxy. Okay. No, okay. And then I stopped the booze. Okay. And then I stopped the benzos. Okay. Is how I got off my, and then I stopped cigarettes. Okay. Good for you. And I started vaping. I, I still vape at three milligrams, but it's better. <laughs> but I'm still addicted to nicotine. Yeah. Yep. So, um, being then, I had a few months under my belt of some mental health, and then I went back to that retreat in May of 2015. Okay. So, this is now seven years later. It has yeah. taken me from my first AA meeting to the meeting I'm going to stay in until this day. And I met a woman who agreed to be my temporary sponsor for 30 days. And now we would go from there afterwards. Okay. I started the program. I was kind of doing what I was doing one meeting a week and wasn't really doing much. Okay. And guess what happened? Yep. Took a drink, had a shot, had a beer, yep. July 10th, 2016. Mm -hmm. So my anniversary for AA is 7-11-2016. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a cool date. You should really stop now. Yeah. <laughs> I can memorize this date. I should stop. Today. I can remember this one. <laughs> and so... That's when I started really diving into the program of recovery. I enrolled in a IOP program that was okay. three days a week for women. Uh, I was the only woman there voluntarily. Everybody there was court ordered to be there. Yeah. So not only was I the kind of why the hell are you here kind of girl, I was also the girl not afraid to say my story to yeah. help another. That's it. And so in the end that I finished the IOP and the rehab center trained me and hired me to be a peer specialist. <laughs> Love it. And I worked for them for about a year. Wow. Okay. So, you know, at this point, I am engaged that first, I'll say first two and a half, almost three years. I'm doing lots of meetings, like five a week. I'm chairing three. I'm doing a prayer meditation. I'm doing a big book. I'm doing a, 
I was like, Wonder Woman, hear me roar. And at first, that's what I really needed, yep. you know? Yep. And it kept me sober in surf work. My service work was chairing meetings. Yeah. Yep. And so um, I was blessed. I went through the steps, and then I went through the steps again. Mm-hmm. In that first two years, I did them twice. Good. From the AA perspective, because I knew it was going to take a minute for all that step four would all surface and come out. Yeah. Cause you remember as your bo- brain brain starts unfogging like three, four years in, you yeah. know, <laughs> you start remembering random shit. It's like, wait a minute. It is. I yeah. good, you and know, sometimes it's scary. Uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't discover my PTSD until I was, close to a year and a half sober and it came out of nowhere yep you know and to still be triggered to this day because of the ptsd you know um because of all of it in the end you know brief story i was molested from seven to nine i was raped at 15 i was raped at 18 I was beaten by my ex-husband for seven years. Uh, I then caught HIV, and I'm a dr- good drunk and a good drug addict, so I had all kinds of awesome labels, hanging and shame and guilt yeah. and uh, uh, didn't, it, didn't it feel like the cards were uh, kind of stacked against you? That's how I always yeah. kind of felt. It was like, and not only do I have PTSD, but I have the type of PTSD that only 7% of men will get. Like that See, makes me feel yeah. even lower. I don't want to hear right. that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that shit. Exactly. Yeah, but I again, hear the, how am I going to get out of it? Yeah, mental health and then getting on the correct m- medication for mental health yep. is, has been, is an important part of my story too, folks. Me too. You know, that's that's why I think you know, in a way, I, I didn't just get. I was drunk and went to an AA meeting and I got sober. No, no, no. It took me uh, <laughs> eight months to actually do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, being able to then um, start taking on sponsees and going through the steps, and that was a real learning curve in the beginning. Holy crap. <laughs> But, you know, God's grace gives me the ability I have today to do the best I can with what I got today. That's it. Yeah. And to learn new lessons each day, either through success or failure. And that's mm-hmm. how I, the gratitude piece sits in me today. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying today so, that you had it when we were starting that you had a, you had a lot yeah. of gratitude today. I do. You know, and I had most recently a lot of death my godmother died on january 8th my godfather died on february 2nd my nephew has muscular dystrophy he caught covid was in the hospital we didn't know if he was gonna make it yeah you know that's been all in the last two months of my life and guess what i didn't pick up shit yep i did however pick up my talks with god my okay. sponsor conversations, my meetings, yep. my sponsees, my prayer meditation in the morning. So that's how I live in solution today because the poor yep. me pity party got me drunk and wasted and sick and sick and tired of being sick and tired of being me. Yeah. Today I get to wake up and say, thank you, God. 
I cannot believe you gave me another day. Yeah. Whereas 15 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago, we were like, God, why the hell am I still alive? And it switched. That's a big switch. Because I remember waking up those days just pissed. Pissed. So mad that I was still alive. I mean, that is sorted. No, thank you. And I will never go back to that place. No. I'm telling you. No, I woke yeah. up this morning. I'm like, hey, I get to do a podcast today. Thank you, God. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and for me, it was, you know, allow my experience, strength, and hope to maybe help another. Yeah. You know, um, to be able to be, like you said, you know, your your show is called The Raw Recovery in that space. I don't think I get any more raw in what I just told y'all. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so being able to then... Go ahead. I was going to ask, are you still doing peer support? I am. Well, I am. I have okay. two clients. Okay. And I meet with them once a week. Okay. And then I also have two sponsees that I meet okay. with once a week. So I have okay. a four-day work week and a three-day off. Okay. Are you still, are you taking clients? No. Well, not right now. That's too okay. many. I'm <laughs> no. no, that's, that's great. Um, but I am always welcome to the newcomer. Take my phone number, call me anytime. Yeah. Kind of thing. You know, yeah, you guys, we may be peer out. support, but I guarantee that if her sponsee yeah. calls, she can pick up first. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I won't even, well, I got out of it, but I wouldn't even train people to be a recovery coach unless they had sponsored somebody. Yeah. Man, I pissed a lot of people off with that, but hey. It is what it is, man. It is what it is, man. You know, and for being able to, for me, not only have the perspective of me being an alcoholic, but, and that's where my story kind of morphs, you know, being a drug addict, being addicted to Ben, you know, Xanax and Valium and all the fun Danny bars and all the fun shit. (laughs) You know, it was then getting off everything, diving into AA, and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And the club I was going to, they refused for one hour to wear a mask for me because of my HIV. Okay. So I was like, then that's how I found Zoom. Yeah. So it was really hard losing that space, but I think I gained so much knowledge in that three years it, that I chose to count my blessings. Yeah, it was a... So for you guys, it was a weird transition. For me, it wasn't because I was already going to Zoom meetings online when it yeah, see, because yeah, I, I got started with them. COVID. <laughs> so when COVID hit and everybody had to start isolating, I'm like, I'm the master of this. And that right on, and I start going to Zoom meetings, saying this is how you can handle yourself living at home by yourself or with your significant other all the time, and yeah. this is how you can do it, and it is possible. Um, yep. I've lost a lot of friends. I've made a lot of friends. But it's been that way since 1989. You know, some people stick around. Most don't. Just, yeah. You know, Just how it is. And we're trying to, we're trying to change that. That's why, that's why we do what we do. Because the more, you know, even if we, even if I talk to a person, maybe they're not willing. I'm going to plant a seed at least. Absolutely. He's going to put something in there that says, hey, you know, when, if and when you are ready, give me a call. 
I'll be here. Yeah. Until then, yeah. take care of yourself, man. You know? Exactly. Um, you know, but when we get to a point where we're trying to control them, that's when things, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so steps, that'll help you. <laughs> that'll help you. You know, so I did. Zoom became really important. And I, I just started, you know, doing that. I had a, I had two sponsees. We started, we were reading the big book on Zoom, you know, so I just attached the same Bidman bigger that at first, you know, with the same that I had before. Yeah. And so it, it became part of my ritual of Zoom. Okay. And then COVID started, lift, then COVID came back. We started being able to be in the room. Mm -hmm. And so I started checking out different places because I just, it's just not cond conducive to a healthy recovery plan for me to go back there. Got it. Yep. Okay. So I started shopping. And I found the Dragon's Den. Mm -hmm. And I started going to some AA meetings there and got a spot, picked up a sponsee there. And we're still working together. And mm -hmm. so then I'll say last summer, I saw a PA flyer on the window of the thing. And okay. I was like, Ooh, I wonder what the hell that is. So I went and checked it out a meeting. Okay. Okay. So because I love recovery, I love, I, and, I want to feed what the best, how yeah, can I do even solution? Yeah. Solution. The 12, the 12 steps were a good start for you. You want more. I get Correct. It. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense to me. That's how I am. Okay. So then they read this 20 questions thing at the beginning of the meeting. Okay. And then it's so out of 20 and it says, if you've answered yes to three or more, you're one of us. Oh my God, I had 16 of the 20. <laughs> and I, I was, was like, What is PA? Pills Anonymous. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I now I found a place. It. Yeah. So, and it's at the den on Saturdays at 9 30. Okay. And so I checked it out and then I was like, Holy crap. I addressed my alcoholism and a lot of that stuff, but. I've been a drug addict for a long time, man. <laughs> so I had a rude awakening again. Not, okay. not rude, I'll say uh, a way to grow awakening. Yeah. And I picked up a sponsor. Okay. And I've been working the steps. Um, and I'm in step three. Good. And still, I do my home group of the Zoom. Yep. I still meet with my sponsor once a week. I have my four little clients that I have a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm able to, today I have changed my diet to a plant-based diet and I'm taking okay. my medication. Uh, and I now have 726 T cells. I am right positive. I no longer have AIDS. All I can do is fucking clap. Wow. So, baby, that's my story. Oh, honey. <laughs> what a great way that's to end story. story. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any questions for me? I mean, I know I talked for a minute, but do you, do you have any questions for me? Um, no, it was just, you know, your story was great, man. There wasn't any reason for me to 
I didn't feel any reason for me to to jump in. I mean, it went smooth. We had some good conversations. Cool. Um, you know, so I think it went. I think it went really well. Um, do you have any well, parting words of wisdom for, for people? Oh, absolutely. You know, and if you ever want to come on and have a specific topic or anything like that, want to come on, you're always welcome back. I always invite my guests back. Um, oh, you. you know, or if you're like, hey, Dion, you know, I'd like to delve a little bit more into the recovery and, and what it's like having AIDS in recovery and going yeah. through that uh, so that yeah. other people, because, and that's why, and that's why I do this and why it's called raw recovery, because I, my speakers tend to talk about things that are a little bit harder so that yeah. people out there know that they're not alone. That's the reason I agree to that's do what I'm doing right now. Yep. And that's why I ask people if they're willing to come on. I never ask. I always ask, you willing? <laughs> well, well, no, I'm not willing. Huh? Okay. Oh. Well, but, you, know, know, lastly, you know, in closing, I just wanted to say that, you know, for me, it took a minute. So for those of you yeah. that it's taking a minute, it's okay. Yeah. It takes what it takes sometimes. But for me, I was able to find a, a power greater than myself that had nothing to do with my religious God. Yeah. I was able to live in solution and find a fellowship that allowed me to be vulnerable and real and raw. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And I get to have a life full of God, full of people, full of, of hardship and heartache without a reason to pick up. Yeah. Exactly. We, even though we go through harder stuff, I can still put a smile on my face. Yep. But with that, always comes back to doing the work. I mean, I didn't feel like I was ready to be uh, a recovery coach. So I was two and a half years sober. I had some work to do. Yeah. You know, I had some yep. work that I had to get done because I just, you know, I wasn't able to transmit something I didn't have yet. And yeah, so I, I had to do a lot of work on myself first. Me too. And that came with a lot of therapy and a lot of eye opening and a lot of meetings. Yep. And a lot of eyes going back and forth. All right. That's EMDR. Exactly. <laughs> I felt so silly doing it, but I, but I it works so well. I don't it care. Works. Anymore. Yeah. Don't care anymore. Exactly. Uh, all right, my my people. Right. Um, thank you, everybody, for for listening today. Um, this has been this is a joy. This is why I love doing podcasting. Um, I always learn a lot. Um, you know, and I think the key here is don't give up on on this portion. Give yourself some time. Give yourself a chance, man. You deserve it. You really do. Thank you, everybody, for being here. This has been Raw Recovery. I'm your host, Dion Miller. I love you. Peace out and have a day.